0: That's <laughs> is it that silly? Shoot him now! Shoot him now! I gotcha!
1: Hello everyone and welcome to That's Not Quite All Folks, a Loom Tunes podcast. I'm your host, Mark Allen, joined
0: by And I'm Jordan Schmidt, and in this episode I sound suspiciously like Texaber.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah. I
0: <laughs> Anyway, what are we doing this week, Mark? <laughs> uh,
1: all right, so what we're doing this week. We're gonna do fairy tale shorts this yeah. week. Because those stories are public domain, so anyone can do them, and the Warner Brothers people really love doing
0: fairy tale shorts. Oh, you answered the question I was going to lead this podcast off with, so that's great. Ah, ah, hey. <laughs> I was going to yeah. just—I was literally just going to be like, "So, Mark, why did they do so many fairy tale ones around this time?" And you literally just answered it, so you're on top of it. Public things. domain. Grim, gr- gr-
1: yeah, Grim fairy tales. And ironically, and, um... one of these
0: cartoons is in the public domain, so. Yes, <laughs> yes. So it's funny how that worked out.
1: Easily find on YouTube.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that, those are always the better ones, you know, when you can, oh, there it is, it's on YouTube, it's no big deal. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's not exactly, I mean, not to discredit the, the great people at HBO Max who put all these cartoons on there. It's just, you know, it's nice when they're a little bit more easily accessible other than a paywall.
1: So the three shorts we will be covering today are The Bear's Tale, which is a three bears short. Mm-hmm. Phony Fables, and Little Red Riding Rabbit.
0: Ah, yes. So, if, for those of you who are who are pleb uh, Looney Tunes fans, one of those you may have heard of. The other two are going, hey, what's this? What are they doing? What are we doing? Dragging these out of absolutely nowhere. Um, we'll... And the, the reason why why I, I'd say, like, let's because,
1: you know, it's been a while since we just picked completely random old ones that neither of us have watched before so yeah. it's like oh let, let's make it interesting let's put these two completely out random and see uh and see what happens yeah and as
0: you can see it went really well uh, yeah. yeah all right yeah. let's first
1: uh, yeah. the- yeah. tail bears, tail. Uh, <laughs> uh, bear's, tail bears. <laughs> horrible title yeah all right
0: is- so <laughs> <laughs> My grumpy murmuring. The bear's tail. Fucking God damn it! All right, bear. so
1: the short is called "The Bear's, bear's Tail." It was released on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it was released on April thirteenth, nineteen forty. Oh, here's some here's some interesting uh, sports news. Ooh. Actually, this is oddly enough incredibly topical, considering that the Stanley Cup just happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, on April 13th, 1940, the New York Rangers defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs 3-2 to in overtime to win the Stanley Cup, uh, four games to two. Um, the Rangers did not win the Cup again until 1994. Oh, yeah. And during those uh, 54 years, there was a curse of 1940 that was
0: developed. Nice. Is in '94, I think '94. My dad was still living in the city, so he must have been rooting for the Rangers at that point. And also, uh, this is topical now, but I don't know if it's going to be topical uh, when this goes out in around November, December. But, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. True. Well, uh, as of recording, this is very topical. It is. So,
0: yeah. um, go fly All right,
1: so, so uh, get into it. So this is a text, a text every short, uh, written by uh, by Ben Hardaway. Yes. And, um, pretty much what this is, you know, it's, um, you know, it's an early 40s Warner Brother cartoon, so, of course, what this short is, is kind of a satirical-ish spin on, on a combination of two shorts, of, uh, The Three Bears and Little Red Riding Hood, Right. and they get this across by animating the entire short. Kind of Disney-like. It even starts with a storybook opening with "Once Upon a Time." Right? Like they're really, really taking taking the piss out of uh, out of Disney's uh, bread and butter at the time. Yes. You know, like oh, they're making movies, big money-getting movies. Fuck that! We're <laughs> gonna do these shorts where we feel comfortable. And
0: yeah, that won't run run our uh, animation division out of business in about twenty years. No, that'll be fine. Uh, no,
1: do a do a Looney Tunes movie at this time? Are you nuts? Who'd want to see that? Everyone, everyone would love to see. Yeah, Anyways, anyway. I'm going off topic. Yeah. So, so the short begins. We open a book. We have a cast list. It's it's a cutesy joke. It's yeah. so, it's like oh, Papa Bear's my my Papa Bear and Mama Bear's my Mama Bear and da da da. da. And the very end, Bomb just says that Miss Goyiloks appears through the custody of the Mervyn LeBoy <laughs> Productions. A reference to Mervin Leroy, yeah. the film producer of such things as um you know, as Warner Brothers at the time yeah. and MGM. <sighs> so yeah, once upon a time. And we we start our our running gag of the short, which is Every time the narrator the narrator voiced by Robert C. Bruce says you no, know, once upon a time in the in a in the in the green forest plays a little bit of uh plays a uh, music cue. We'll get back to that later. Mm-hmm. This cartoon starts out very dry. It's literally it's so just to the book so slow. It's just, you know, mama bear. The, the papa bear, the mama bear. The baby bear. Look how cute the baby bear sounds. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's just it's it's very simple for the first third of it. And it's just some very simple jokes and just some simple reads. Well,
1: yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get more into that. Um So again, it, it's it's the three bears, you know, the the bears know that the porridge is too hot. And we get our first gag here, in which the Papa Bear starts laughing very joyfully. Yeah. And, um, very joyfully. And he's like, oh, it's so hot, haha. It's the porridge. It's really hot. The bear runs over to the sink to wash out with water. Of course, the water is on hot.
0: Yes. Okay. I like that. That was nice.
1: That's a nice little joke. And then... He notices that it was on Hot, and then he um, does some more, uh, Bailey Lee laughs some more. Hey, Mark. This is about, yes? Uh, who who plays uh, Papa Bear? I don't think we've been that clear yet. Oh, no. No, because, uh... All right. So, Papa Bear is voiced by um, the director, Tex Avery. Yes. Tex Avery voices a Looney, a Looney Tunes character, which is something that... Not a single other Looney Tunes director has that. Like, like there isn't I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's like one-off lines in other Looney Tunes shorts where like they just brought like Chuck in to do a quick line or whatever. I mean, but, Ted um, Pierce.
0: Ted Pierce did his. Um, Ted uh, Pierce. The yes. character in um, the Tale of Two Kitties, which we loved. Oh
1: yeah! Oh yeah! Jolly, almost as much as this short. Um, this all right, short's so, a little better. It, it it
0: is, it is. So it's
1: so Mel. No, oh, so it's Tex Avery as the Papa Bear.
0: Be Benadarrett plays Mama.
1: Here's okay, so I don't think that's correct because the few lines Mama Bear does have in this short sounds exactly like the Black Widow character from last week's short, right? Who is voiced by Sarah Burner. So okay. I'm gonna go with either our sources are wrong, which is very possible. Mm. Or B. Benedicta is just really good at doing mm. that type of voice as well. She's versatile. She is actually versatile. And uh, Bernice Hansen, um, who's who, you know, voices the baby bear and Goldilocks. And Mel Blanc will show up later as the only character with any personality. <laughs>
0: Anyways, so Goldilocks has know, some personality. Um, and, 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 um, and a little red riding
1: personality cool. and voice only Ronnie not so much anyways so <laughs>
0: yeah, so I got like you know, the,
1: oh the porridge is you know it's too hot so the mob bear is like oh let's go out you know till the porridge is cool then we get a nice little visual gag she puts her hat on turns the mirror around see how it looks like from the back I like that okay gear. that's nice then we, uh, you know, then, then also the narrator is just kind of speaking within the music. That makes any sense? Like, he's yeah. speaking within the music cues. So, like, 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 cause, like, what happens is the characters leave the house and they go on the bike. Except this is stretched out with, and so the baby bear, da da. And the mama bear, da da, and the baby bear, no, and the, and the papa bear, up. Then they rode on their bikes. It's the papa bear, up the mama bear, da da, and the baby bear. And the baby bear is doing the brunt work of the bicycle. Okay. They stretch this thing. This is this is nine minutes, by the way. This is a nine minute short. Ugh. It's on the long side. It feels like it too. And you can cut. Yet yeah, you, you can see why. <clears throat> so, then, you know, there's like... And then, somewhere else in the nice green forest is Godilocks. And just the most cutesy-looking Godilocks with an obnoxious scoring of um, Ring Around the Rose. He starts playing... Yeah. Uh, Carl, I like your music, but... Alright, so you know, so he leaks down, you know, she, she goes down the lane to her to to the house and and she makes a wrong turn at Albuquerque because it turns out she walks in to the grandma's house from Little Red Riding Hood and the wolf is in the clothing and you know, he's saying they like, oh, Come in little red <laughs> and he coughs to like make him sound more yeah. feminine which is a joke that's used in every single Little Red Riding Hood thing. Yes, ever, ever, like it's it's funny, but is it worth doing it every single time? Anyways, so the girl locks comes in herself, you know, says, "No, in this where the three bears live." And then the wolf just goes, Now uh, no, nah, this is where three bears live. That outfit lives two miles down the road, with the first stop signal."
0: I love. Well, get that. out of here! Get out of here! I'm waiting for
1: better. Little Red. Yes, I love it. <laughs> just you know, push like I'm, I'm waiting for a Little Red. And then just Gorylox going like, well, what does Little Red have that I ain't got? Um, and then she like, okay. And then the child, <sighs> Gorylox, does like a little like turn around, you know, like to show herself off. And that just ill me. Ill.
0: Fred. Fred, buddy. Fred. <laughs> what are you doing? Exactly. So the wolf close the door,
1: and he's like, he's like, yeah. what does Gorlock's have, that little red? Hey, <laughs> why didn't I think of that? <laughs> and then, and then we get a, um, kind of world-building collapsing in on itself, because he goes over to the bookshelf, is he's like, hey, Goalox, Goalox, Also, also, again, when he gets the Goilocks book, what's the book right next to it? Uh, Snow White. What was that? It's Snow White. It's the book oh. next to Cody. Which, like, okay. Throwing shade. Again. Again. Uh, we don't need big movies. Yeah, maybe you should have. Anyways. <laughs> so, you know, the wolf, like, okay, okay. Yeah, they went to the other way to uh, the bear's house. Uh, okay, good. Then he calls for a taxi, which is pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty funny. Ta- 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 taxi. Just no, the metagag.
0: Um, th- the metagag of, okay, I need to know where she is. I'll look in these other fairy tales that exist on this bookshelf, even though I myself am in a fairy tale, to see how it ends. That's a great metagag. And it's like just how these worlds intersect. And it comes back later. There's another callback to this sort of world-building and universe.
1: So then, you know, then call a taxi, like, no, go to Huber's house. Step on it. And, like, there's a line of, like, I'll pay for all the tickets. Which, yeah. like, okay... That's funny. He sees a uh, queer ox turn around one time, and he immediately wants to get there as fast as humanly possible. Okay. Anyways. So.
0: <laughs> More stuff with the bears uh, coming up here. All right, so. Uh, I didn't like it either.
1: So so he comes to the house, comes to the house, snakes in the window, takes the place of the baby's bed. And the three bears, come. they come home. And then, uh, Tex Avery decides to, uh, think it's so funny if the Papa Bear were to impersonate a police car yeah, siren. I like that but, it's so funny. Ha <laughs> okay. ha. However, it is funny because the, the, the mom Bear then socks Papa Bear, which is the one moment's cartoon. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for doing the thing I wanted to do. So, anyways. Yeah, so, They arrive. Um, Greylocks, you know, opens the door, and the wolf's waiting. Then we get one more. Meanwhile, back in the green forest. That's funny. The funny bit is up
0: ahead. Because it's the narrator getting surprised by his own script. Yeah, so Little Red Riding Hood. No, the narrator here gets surprised by his own script, which I love. You know, next coming up came Little Red Riding Hood. I love that. Uh, He he didn't think Little Red Riding Hood was going to show up, so... So, little writing L- shows
1: up, goes to, you know, goes to the house, says, oh, Grandma, where are you? And then, it's just in a note, and I-, I did love this little detail of reading time, 1 minute yes. and 20 seconds. <laughs> it's just like, you know, uh, I- I- I've got to go eat goilocks, uh, you-, you-, you were uh, <laughs> you're taking too long, love the wolf. Then Red immediately yes. goes to a payphone, and, uh, you know, calls up Goldie locks we get a nice split screen here of just, no you know, locks. going to the phone, picking it up, going, uh, hello, and then Red's like, listen, Goldie, you might want to hear this, uh, the, the, the that skunk, the wolf, is gonna, like, trying to eat ya, here, tell it for herself. a nice little, you know, meta, fourth wall joke of just her giving a letter that. to
0: Goyalox through the split screen. Again, Tex Avery is basically just... He's basically just a more creative version of Bob Clampett. He has a lot of the same energy and same obnoxious sort of stuff. But the creative cartoon busting ideas he throws, especially in this one, are very, like, very impressive. Yeah, you notice when Gorilox
1: is like, oh, wow, hey, thank you. And then Gorilox comes back to the payphone to see if there's any loose change in the coin slot. She notices that the camera is still on her. She's surprised yeah. by it, like hey, hey, hey. okay. Then the three bears are they arrive home, you know? The bears in the title of the bear's tale, uh, so <laughs> you know, so the wolf blows his cover, he sneezes over the top, you know. And, and oh, 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 by the way, yeah, this is a uh, Mel Blank as the wolf, uh, Mel Blank's great here, which too. makes sense, <clears throat> he, he, he's great, yeah. And you no, know, he's you know, just, uh, over the top. Sneeze. The bears all hide under the uh, the table, and then uh, Papa. <laughs> this part I like. Yeah. And then Papa Bear texts Avery. Um, <laughs> it goes, it's like, don't worry, I'll take care of this. Goes up the stairs, and again, just while laughing, this damn bear won't stop laughing. <sighs> again, he's a big jolly father. Too figure. jolly, yeah. Too too jolly, and then he just goes uh, to the audience. You know, just oh, it's just little golly locks. I read the story last week in Reader's Digest. Now okay. wait a second. So there's fairy tale stories written in books that are published into people's houses, but also fairy tale stories that are in magazines.
0: Yes, yeah. it was the it was a different time. Uh. <laughs> Reader's Digest is still a thing. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's a token That's, grandmother magazine. Yeah. So the bear now goes up to
1: it, and of course, very joy, Like, Oh, come on, there, little girl, like locks. Come on. And then he sees the wolf, and this and this is actually a pretty decent voice performance by Taxi. going like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and then immediately he just runs, you know, he runs down the stairs, runs under the kid's table against family, they burst through the the door, and then we end with the narrator with this decent uh, sunset uh, background going, uh, so over the hill went the three bears, Papa Bear, da-da, Mama Bear, da-da, and the little bear behind, and then the baby bear's pants fall down, because we literally end this damn short with a butt gag, mm-hmm. and that's the
0: end of the short. Oh my God, this is yeah. We didn't like this one, folks. Uh, <laughs> nah, nah, I mean, th- there, there's a little. It's piece... not awful. There's pieces of creativeness. There's pieces of good ideas hanging around, and I honestly think that like. It it deserved a better ending than the one we got because you yeah know, all this stuff we have of uh, Little Red Riding Hood and Goldilocks sort of teaming up and the wolf there should be more of like a an ending where with the bear, top of Bear and the wolf hashing something out rather than just running away just to get that ass joke like it it, it needed a bit more which is, it's funny that I say that it needed a bit more because it's already nine minutes long it yeah it, exactly it needed some fine tuning yeah I just Look, I,
1: I respect the the short for doing like a cutesy, schmaltzy animation style of Disney, yeah. and stuff. But honestly, I just found it to be kind of like a nice. It's nice. It, it, it's not like it, it's not like horribly racist no. or anything.
0: It's just it's racist against bears, but you
1: know. Yeah. yeah.
0: Speciesist.
1: I think the bears have less screen time
0: than the wolf. I think the wolf has more screen time this short than the bears. I would cry prejudice. I would cry prejudice. The the bears have got to be going to the bears union, saying, "Hey, we need more as much screen time as wolves and humans." They got to strike. Thankfully, they would get cartoons later down the line called like "A Bear for Punishment" or her bear, her "Bear's Feet," where they would be on screen more. So again, this is not a, a great. A uh, cartoon for bear rights and bear representation, but they would get there. It would pave the way. Sorry if that joke was unbearable. Um...
1: Oh fuck! <laughs> <me>. <laughs> oh, you
0: all come right. on, it was right there. <laughs> um.
1: So yeah, well, while I didn't like despise it, I I, I just felt nothing watching it. Um. All that being said. This isn't a horrible cartoon, so I'm gonna be nice here and give it a three out of five anvils.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm giving it. You know, it's fine. It does some things right, it does some things wrong, you know. It's very piecemeal. And um, speaking of piecemeal, literally the next one that I'm covering is an anthology sort of vignette one, so it's probably even gonna be even more piecemeal than that one. So should I get into that?
1: (laughs) sure
0: yeah so the next one um thankfully that was our only um avery although i will say that both of these next ones have a very avery influence over them um the first uh so this next one that we're doing we're talking about is is a fritz freeling film called phony fables uh freeling directed um michael maltese did the script this came out on august 1st 1942 of late, we've been finding a lot of really good musical on this day uh, connections, and um, I've got a good one on this day. I'm going to throw it back to the part where um, I couldn't guess Bob Dylan, and uh, I'm going to make Mark guess this. So if I were to if I were to say the phrase stoner rock or stoner classic rock, what band or what lead singer would come to mind?
1: All right, uh, stoner rock. Like, um
0: willie nelson no? well, okay he's a rocker that is a stoner but um yeah <laughs> something yeah like a classic rock act that is beloved in the circuits of like people who get really really high and listen to music and i have one more clue if you don't get it you uh, the guess who no um uh, this is a very famous lead singer of a rock band that was around from the late 60s until the Mid nineties, his le- his legacy lives on. The band's legacy is stayed to this day. He has his own Ben and Jerry's flavor. Garcia? Yes. Andy Garcia? No. Which one? Jerry Garcia of Cherry Garcia Fame. Oh. I don't listen to his music, so I know him. <laughs> Sorry. Well look, I don't I don't listen to a lot of Grateful Dead either, but I know and Oh Grateful Dead. Him. Yes
1: Oh. Oh, well, say that
0: it's on the Grateful Dead because if I said I Grateful <laughs> Dead you would have said Joe Jerry Garcia I don't know the members of the Grateful well, Dead I don't listen to the Grateful Dead that much but I know that it's Jerry Garcia Mickey Hart Bill Krutzman, um Weir Bob Weir I think uh, Weird flex, but okay um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Jerry Garcia was born on that day in 1942 August 1st so I thought that was pretty cool and now uh, you look as bad as I did when I couldn't get Bob Dylan. So it's all yes, good. Yeah. We're even now. All right. So- Editor
1: me, cut all this out. Maybe you look like a <laughs> genius. No, no. This is amazing. Yeah, just have- like, it's just like, it's like, guess this person. And I just got to be going, grateful, Dead. It's like.
0: <laughs> yeah. Edit out all the parts where you struggled. Um, yeah. Um, and by the way, this podcast is apparently now sponsored by Pet and Charities. Jerry Garcia. Uh. Eat it. It's good. Um, all only right, that so. flavor, though.
1: So only specifically cherry, cherry Gar- Garcia, Garcia ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing
0: else. To be fair, cherry Garcia is a great flavor. So, yeah. although it, and this is a <laughs> okay. this is a brief tangent that you don't need to include in the final thing, the absolute right. best Men and Jerry's flavor that no longer exists um, is actually a, a flavor uh, inspired by Dave Matthews Band. It's, it's, it's called Magic Brownies. And what it was, was Mm -hmm. it was a fudge brownie kind of ice cream with like a raspberry kind of base. And so it was like raspberry, purpley, reddish sort of fudge brownie kind of deal. And it was absolutely delicious. All right, so, Phony Fables. This cartoon is framed as by narration as a collection of stories and fables. And the way I would describe this cartoon... Once again, I will go back to my well of Who's Lines in any way references. There was a game that was played a couple of times on Who's Line, called Scenes Cut from a Movie. And the way the game would be work is that Drew Carey would call out the name of a movie, and the performers would have to basically just do a deleted scene. And what it basically felt like was, okay, performers, what is the first joke that comes to mind when I say this movie? And they go up and they do it, and they go, okay, on to the next one. And it feels like, this is what it feels like with this cartoon, because it's like it's like they said to the writers, okay, we're going to do a bunch of fairy tales one by one or a bunch of tall tales, or what is the first joke that you think of when, when I say Tom Thumb or when I say um, Sleeping Beauty? And it's basically just throwing them at the wall and with this sort of very topical sort of sketch uh, formula and just doing a bunch of those... So I'm going to rile these off one by one uh, in order uh, of all the different fables and fairy tales that they do. So the first one is Sleeping Beauty. And and this is great because they beat Disney to it. Um, <laughs> and there's a couple in here they beat Disney to. Um, where it's literally just, you know, the, 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 the narrator says, oh, you know, Sleeping Beauty is, you know, that must be awakened by a prince. And the prince literally grabs Sleeping Beauty going, come on, wake up, wake up, you lazy good for nothing. And Sleepy so Beauty just rubs her eyes and goes back to sleep. Basically, it's a ploy to keep people away, which I think is a very funny subversion of that. So that's funny. Um, Tom Thumb is next, where they cut to Mr. and Mrs. Thumb. And there is like, well, where's, where's Tom Thumb? And they're like, and they both motion without even saying anything. Oh, he's over there. And the camera pans over and passes this absolutely huge baby and then keeps passing and then just runs back to it. It's just, again, camera work can be great even in cartoons. It's hysterical. So yeah, the whole joke here is that Tom Thumb, who is supposed to be not no, no bigger than a Thumb, uh, is huge and is like uh, Lenny from If Mice and Men sized. And Tom insists he's been having a lot of vitamin B1, which, yeah, that's definitely something. Yep, yeah. Eat your vitamins, kids. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of this cartoon is like, you know, just a very shoehorned message. like Eat your vitamins or support the war effort. Like literally this next one, the grasshopper and the ant. The grasshopper and the ant is literally just the ant going and saving all this food for the winter, and then the grasshopper sitting on his butt doing nothing, and the ant going, Well, why haven't you gotten up and doing anything? You're gonna starve. And the grasshopper just takes out about five war bonds, so he's gonna be fined. Yeah. So, you know, easy joke. It's fine. A couple of these in here are very nineteen forty two. You know, there's a war going on, huh? All right, next up is Boy who Cried wolf which is essentially our runner of this cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Boy Who Cried Wolf sus- sounds suspiciously like, you know, I might as well bring this up now because it occurred to me in the last one. These, both of these cartoons have Mel Blanc characters who sound suspiciously like Bugs Bunny.
1: Yes, cut the words right out of my notes. How would you do that? That's exactly what
0: I wrote down. Because we're in sync, man. We are insane. sync. exactly
1: what I wrote down for this on the spin? It's like, wait a minute, this is just Bugs Bunny's voice.
0: Yeah, like... the first cartoon that we covered had the wolf, which sounded a lot like Bugs Bunny. And this one has the boy who cried wolf, which sounds a lot like Bugs Bunny. And don't tell me that this Bugs Bunny cartoon we're doing last is going to have a character that sounds like Bugs Bunny. Um, but yeah, the boy who cried wolf, you know, that's it's, it's the story. You know, he cries wolf, the guy with the, the, the woodsman comes over and there's nothing there and he laughs his butt off. And... You know, there's no comeuppance immediately because they're going to come back to it a couple more times. All right. Wow. Uh, next is Jack and the Beanstalk, where you know sets up that the, you know the, it it gets to the part where you know the two-headed giant is trying to chase after Jack coming down the beanstalk, and eventually we figure out why he doesn't catch Jack because the two-headed giant, one of the heads is really strong and agile, and the other one is the other head is exhausted and one's holding the other one back. So that that's smart it's clever.
1: Also, is this the first time that they did a Warner Brothers cartoon about Jack and the Beanstalk?
0: Um I think it's the first Because time. Warner Brothers cartoons love doing Jack and the Beanstalk. They did for some reason. We're, we're, there's an entire episode that we could oh, do yeah. that is just Jack yeah. and the Beanstalk ones. Next is the Wolf in Sheep's Clothing, which I didn't think was a actual fable. I thought it was just a Uh, met a thing that people say like a a, a cliche that people use um but I like this one a lot because the whole thing is oh the wolf takes on you know a sheepskin and goes in order to pounce on the sheep and the wolf is about to pounce on a sheep and the sheep that he's about to pounce on is another wolf scram bum I'm working this out of the pasture so I like that (laughs) yeah and ironically it comes back from another cartoon that's covering later um Aladdin and his lamp another one Disney would get back to eventually a very racist Aladdin is waiting for the genie to pop out by singing I yeah. Dream of Genie with the light brown hair. And I like the part where the genie just, doesn't, instead of showing up, just puts up a little uh, genie on strike sort of sign. On strike. Yeah. Which, funny enough, is the exact same thing that
1: happened when Robert Williams found out what Disney was doing with his genie.
0: Yes. Uh, we go back to the Boy Who Cried Wolf. It's the same joke, essentially, as the last time. We're setting up a rule of threes, obviously. Um, okay. Uh, the goose that lays the golden eggs. Uh, this goose has Daffy Duck's voice. Because why not? Yeah, exactly. Um, and isn't doing any golden eggs because it's... He's doing... She's doing aluminum aluminum eggs. Because, uh, the the, the goose is doing their part for the national defense. Uh, we get it. There's a war going on. Um... Yeah. The funniest one is next, and that's Old Mother Hubbard. Yes! You know, it's literally, yes. You, know, you know... This was
1: the best one.
0: It is the best one, because, yes. you know, it's... it's You know the story, you know, Old Mother Hubbard, you know, wants to give her dog a bone, but the cupboard's always bare, uh so, you know, the, we literally have Old Mother Hubbard open up the one covered door and say, and say and look to the dog, see, there's nothing, and then the dog opens up the other covered door, which is still full of food, and just... <laughs> Goes, why you dirty double-crossing? It's, so <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. It's such a great subversion of that. Yes. Um. It just opens the window and yells out, food
1: hoarder. We got a food
0: yeah. hoarder. Yeah, that's great. That is so funny. My least favorite is actually immediately following that because yeah. this little piggy yeah. is just funny accent jokes. And it's yeah. just... It's just Mel doing a funny accent and Mel shouting and it's... Mm, it's fine. It's but, bad. Yeah, it's not very it's good. Bad. And we're about sure. to end on Cinderella, but of course the third boy who cried wolf scene happens, and this time you know he cries wolf. the The woodsman comes right over, and uh, by the time he's actually the guy with the with the woodsman actually has arrived, the wolf's already eaten the guy, and is laughing, which is a weird, comeuppance. It's not a funny comeuppance, but it's a good sort of cap on the threes.
1: Honestly, it was kind of creepy. Yeah. Oh, hearing that laugh come out of that. N- nicely designed wolf. I'm credit. That's a nicely designed wolf, but it, I don't know, It, it kind of creeped me out a bit for some reason. I don't know.
0: It's a weird ending. Um, it's a weird ending. Okay, so overall, Phony Fables is an all right cartoon, but being again being divided into pieces, it leads itself to be weighed against itself. You know, in parts to say, oh well, Old Mother Hubbard is the best part of this, or oh, the, these other diff- different ones like the runner weigh it down a bit, and it's it's basically it's like why the movie Kentucky Fried Movie doesn't work as well as it could because it's episodic and a lot of the jokes are topical and a lot of the sketches that are good are weighed down by sketches that aren't and this is basically the Kentucky Fried Movie of the Looney Tunes even with the continuing that that analogy is that John Landis like Frizz Freeling would go on to much funnier things immediately next so and the Zucker Brothers so yeah brief comedy tangent there Mostly it was just the amusing details throughout and good little, let's see if this joke works with this fairy tale kind of thing. But nothing too funny to make this a classic for me. I mean, it was good. It had good points. There were good segments of it, but not a wholly great cartoon for
1: me. Yeah, uh, this short was just fine. Yeah. You know, um, not, it it was really, like, a right down the middle, okay, uh, the best joke was the, uh, what was the, old was the, uh, Gubbard one. Yeah. That was the best one, because I watched this short twice, and that was the only guy I laughed out loud at. So good. So, yeah, everything else was just kind of, like, a, a boilerplate for me. Yeah. Uh, so my animal rating is, uh, is, is the same as, 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 uh, the Bear Tale has. Three out of
0: five. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm giving it as well. So far Mark and I are in sync. Yeah. We are really nailing this together. So after after all that, after all the piecemeal sort of fairy tale stuff. So we get into a, a fairy tale one involving a established character, right?
1: Yes. Finally. Thank God. Okay. So bit of a, a lamp shading here. I put this cartoon at the end because I knew this one was probably going to be the better one. Yeah. You know, as a, as a nice little carrot to get us. <laughs> ah! Carrot. Garrett. To get us through the other uh, two shorts. So, mm. this one, it's Little Red Riding Rabbit. Yes. Or LRRR if or you're. LRR! Or LRR! I require your lower horn, Fry! Pretty oh, anyway. Uh. So, it came out on uh, January 4th, 1944. You know, and as well as a war going on. Yes. Um, in terms of music, all these musicians are born on willing two release dates. What's up with that? Because yes, this yeah. one is, hey, speaking of horn, um, the, per- the person who was born on this day was um, Volker Hornback. Who is a member of the group uh, Tangerine Dream? Oh yeah, it was born that day. They do really cool soundtracks for things. Yes, they do, including yes. um, Grand Theft Auto V. They worked on that, which is a soundtrack that I really like. It's a good game.
0: I thought you As were gonna Will, go. Uh, I thought you were gonna go Blade Runner.
1: That too. That too. That's on, a man. that's a bigger. One. Come on,
0: man. That's a big <laughs> and there are thing.
1: also they were also referenced in mystery science theater 3000 the movie yes
0: they're they're very cool german uh electronic bands uh they do cool stuff um and i actually i because i i also pulled um uh interesting important stuff for that date as well um I, I, found another, I found another birthday on that date um, that would appeal to you and I, Mark, because we live in the Philadelphia area. I'm, I'm going to try this. I, I, I think you'll probably know this. Um, the name Charlie Manuel, What does that mean anything to you? Vaguely. Vaguely. So if I, if I equated it to Philadelphia sports, would that, would that ring a bell at
1: all? Phillies, right?
0: Yes. Exactly. Yes. Charlie Manuel, um, who was born on, the, on January 4th, 1944, was the manager that gave the Philadelphia Phillies its first World Series title since 1980? In 2008, we were in like seventh grade, and Charlie oh, Manuel managed yes. the Phillies to a World Series against the Tampa Bay Rays. As as we are recording this, the Tampa Bay Rays are similarly doing really well in the playoffs, and the Phillies aren't even in it. So, well done, Charlie. Um, <laughs> but he is very much beloved around here, um, just as much of an icon as people who played on the team and uh yeah I'm glad that it made it through the zeitgeist to wind up on that site it's not just a Philly thing
1: alright so this is um directed by Friz Freeling ran by Michael Maltese now as for some um interesting facts here Little Red Riding Hood is voiced by B. Baderet mm-hmm. um she'd go on to uh big success in the uh 60s in television she's also a radio personality uh she uh in terms of stuff our audience may know her from, uh, she was on the show Petticoat Junction, yes, which she is was. like a like a like a predecessor to Sesame Street, you know, those type of shows, as well as being the voice of uh, Betty Rubble on The Flintstones for the first four seasons. Uh, she had the dropout, out due to scheduling conflicts, but right. uh, yeah,
0: she also voiced Granny for a while in Looney Tunes cartoons.
1: Yes, yes. In fact, we we cover one of those in a. Tweety Pie. She, she was was a granny. Okay, exactly. Granny, that Before
0: June Foray really cool, took over, it was B. Benadera. And <clears throat> um, definitely a passing of the torch in terms of great female voice actors at that time.
1: And speaking of voice actors, um, this short was the first one to have the term voice characterizations by Mel Blank. Mm-hmm. And only Mel Blank no. would get that credit for, like, a long time, except for like, except for situations. the three little bobs.
0: Except, exactly, because that was a, a pure Stan Freeberg outfit.
1: I, I just remember that that, that story from uh, from uh, the, the behind the scenes of that short. Stan like Stan talked the frizz like, yeah, you know, I'm going to do this. for like, yeah, it's going to have your name next to character characterization. Hmm. Like, like, oh, I'm just thinking like, yeah, what. How did these voice actors like Stan and June feel about only Mel getting credit? Because what, what what's funny about the short is it's Mel Blank as Bugs, uh, it's uh, B. Benad Derrett as uh, Little Red, and Billy Blecher, yes. Billy Blecher, again coming coming in to uh, voice the Big Bad Wolf, which mm-hmm. is a role he did previously for Disney. Yes. in their uh, wolf shorts. So again, kind of a uh, well, it's
0: not
1: a uh, not a hit at dizzy, it's just oh hey, we've got the same guy. That's funny. Yeah, no, right.
0: he's, so, he's done a ton of things for many times by this point. So it makes,
1: yeah. <clears throat> so, we get into it. We get into Little Red Riding Rabbit and we start out with a loud mouth uh, weirdly designed, tall, lanky, loud Little Red Riding Hood. I'm saying all those things because the previous Little Red Riding Hood had none of this. Mm-hmm. This Little Red Riding Hood has a personality, has something to remember her by even today. Yes. Because. Yes. But it's a bit much. Yeah. Um. No, so she sings this song.
0: The Five O'Clock West. The blank the
1: blow and what do you think my pop is still in the factory cause he don't know then we're introduced that uh, Bugs Bunny is in the basket <gasps> and we're relieved because oh thank god Bugs Bunny's in this thing you know it I think this it... is
0: the third cartoon in a row that we've covered that as a uh, character that sounds like Bugs Bunny
1: except this one makes sense so
0: yeah, yeah,
1: way to go, Warner yeah, Brothers. Like, yeah, it's uh, you, you you use the character with the voice this time. Good good job. Yeah. So I don't know if it's because we're tired or because these shorts just did nothing for us. My God, we're loopy. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. So, <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> we're trying there. So Bugs just goes, uh, eh, you know what's up? And then you know, the rabbit goes, oh, I have this little bunny rabbit for my grandma. To have. See? It's like, ah. Oh. And so he pulls out the bug's, bugs leg. It's like, ah, oh, it's right here, rapid! And then the rest goes, yeah, yeah it's a cute face, too! Scene that just pulls bugs out of the basket.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, mm hmm. I like yeah. that because it's, it's a, a subversion of usually the. Because you know how many Bugs Bunny cartoons have the, oh yeah, you got a rabbit. Hey, what does it look like? Kind of fooling them gag. But Red Riding Hood is not only smarter than that, but she's mean spirited. She's like, oh, yeah, it looks like you. Just shoves it all the way through. So it's 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 a different kind of subversion of the usual idiot that Bugs has to deal with, one of which we're going to be meeting in a couple of scenes. So it's it's very cool. Yeah,
1: so, um, you know, when she puts him back into the basket, throws off, we then uh, see uh, the wolf. He's hiding in the trees. And he's no, he's just chilling and waiting for a Little Red Riding Hood to show up, because in this version of the story, the story is just happening. Yeah. So no, the it, it, there's this shortcut to Grandma's house sign. and <laughs> He moves it, and as she goes off, the camera pans over to this other. It's up a <laughs> to mount Other path. It's, it's up a mountain. It's crazy. Like, oh man. Ooh, it's pretty funny. And then you know, the grandma. Grandma and then the wolf runs down to grandma's house, which has like the word grandma's,
0: yeah. like on it, like just a <laughs> so. sign that says grandma's, like it's a bar or something. <laughs> yeah So,
1: and just a sign saying that you know, grandma is working a swing shift at Lockheed, <laughs> government jobs, man, <laughs> yeah, jobs. And then you know, the wolf is like, you know, close to the house. He puts on Granny's nightgown, goes to the bed, rolls off the bed, and turns out there's three wolves (laughs) already there,
0: ready to go. I love that. And And there's one hiding under his
1: pillow. Yes, he's like, yeah, a powder, and then the wolves are grumbling, a lot like you, with the the bear's tail. Bear's tail. Bear's tail.
0: Okay. Okay, kids, would you like some hot sauce? Coffee milkshakes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing season one Homer Simpson. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I'm Walter Matthau, but I'm also Homer Simpson. Yeah. All
1: right. So then you know the uh, the wolf. You know, he's, he's on the bed. Here's a knock on the door. Just you know like uh, you know like who, who is it? and then like oh who is it yep same thing. and then of course our red riding hood comes in she's like hey grandma I got a bunny rabbit for ya so hell. then the wolf hears that she's got a rabbit so automatically he's more interested in the rabbit than her I like that yeah and it's just this great moment of him just going like, yeah yeah come yeah, sure, okay, go, 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 go back go come back,
0: back just <laughs> shoving her out the door like I don't want you I want the rabbit you brought which is a great subversion of the fairy tale uh, trope yeah, and
1: then this is where we get our rest of the cartoon. The rest of the short is a chase between Bugs Bunny and the Wolf. Yeah, so so, so we get like like for example, one of them is a door routine that Frizz Freeling loves so much. Oh yeah, where it's very very simple, you know, da, da 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 da, door open, da 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 da, door closed, door open, da da, da. yeah. You'd know it if you have seen it in any frizz-feeling short. It's in Buccaneer ever. Bunny. Yep, it's in Buccaneer Bunny as well. And, and then we get this this moment where the wolf just takes off. He just rips the door off the hinge, acts like a door. Yes. Has the door open. Then shuts in on himself. And then as the wolf's about to get Bugs, Bugs just, um, you know, he, he manages to, uh, to to escape. Yes. And, of course, while this is all going on, Red Riding Hood just comes in out of nowhere. <laughs> like, he just, just barges in and just goes, now, like, you know, like, Hey, Grandma! Ah! Uh, ah! Uh, what big eyes you got? She's just trying and to then... continue
0: the fairy tale. You know, it's like, Oh, I've got to do this one thing I'm known for. I might as well keep trying to do it, even if it's not, like, going well for me. Yeah, you know.
1: and, and the wolf just goes, like... And then the <laughs> This is a weird line from Wikipedia. The wolf begins to flirt with her in a fox French accent. And suddenly yells at her to get out. Yeah, I didn't like that. Uh, alright. I guess we can call it flirting. I don't know. So, then we get a a, a really good moment here. This is something that I'm sure was fun to do for Mel. Because he was actually able to do it off with someone else. Which is... He's cornered by the wolf, and the wolf just goes like "Why you?" and then Bugs immediately like imitates him, and then we just have this like this imitation off of just Bugs repeating everything the wolf is saying to the point where they just where the wolf just starts singing. He, he sings uh, "Put on your old gray bonnet," and then Bugs just <laughs> kind of, takes a sign out, and goes like "Silly," isn't he? I love that. <laughs> like, I loved
0: that gag. It, it just. <laughs> oh my
1: God. So then, you know, both
0: he. So then,
1: so then he he gets out of it, he he taps out of it, and the wolf is um, is looking for um, is looking for the rabbit. It finds this dark staircase. You
0: missed a great you missed a great bit, by the way, which is he, he's singing. The wolf mm-hmm. stops and. And and throws Red Riding Hood out again. Then goes back to singing like nothing happened. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. Alright, so we get into... Um, the, the This is a very cleverly animated sequence when Bugs is just hiding in the wolf's outfit. And he grabs a hot coal from the fireplace. And you're just waiting for him to shove it upward. And you just see the coal... The shadow of Bugs initially and then just the coal, the, the red coal, just eventually just like swinging upward. And then you just hear just the the, the sparks and then just a scream from the wolf. It's, it's, it's so cleverly animated and really funny. <laughs> and then we get our sort of ending bit where Bugs gets even more really hot coals and puts it on the floor and the wolf is essentially hanging over it. Like it's literally just like as he goes yes. up in the air, as he's coming down. He's like has his legs spread out over the table to make sure he doesn't fall into it. And Bugs proceeds to get a bunch of heavy things and throw them into the wolf's arms so he eventually falls. And it's first just weights; it's <laughs> yeah. like just hundred pound weights and such. But we 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 crossfade and it's like chairs and chairs tables and desks. And all and... these things, all these incredibly heavy things, which. I I, you didn't even know Granny had him in this house and (laughs) you just eventually pan down and and Bugs needs a ladder to get all of them and the wolf is sweating and about to sort of just give way and then literally right as he's about right as Bugs is about to drop a feather on the wolf (laughs) Red Riding Hood bursts in again and starts doing her shtick and Bugs just looks (laughs) at this at the camera and says what we're all thinking I'll do it but I'll probably hate myself in the morning So he stops and throws (laughs) Red Riding Hood in the wolf's place as the wolf and Bugs Bunny play Share a Carrot, which is a great ending. It's dark and morbid, but I love it. It's unity. It's the wolf and bugs find a common ground after chasing each other the whole thing. Their hatred for the Red Riding Hood, which is a funny subversion and a very darkly comic way to end this.
1: And you know what else is nice about this short? Well, for one thing, it's only uh, a nice brisk seven minutes, yeah. and it's it's and it's nice, well paced. It feels it's good paced, and 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 not to uh, and not to, uh, go back too much, but with with Funny Fables, that was also a Freeling directed, Maltese written script. I felt that this uh, Little Red uh, Riding Rabbit was. More of a Maltese script, writing-wise, yes. than Phony Fables. Like, like, Phony Fables kind of felt like it could have been written by anybody. Although mm-hmm. this one, you can tell it's Maltese. You can tell it's Freeling with, with, with the Doors gag. And this was not something... The, the Little Red Riding Hood shorts is also a a type that we could do an entire episode on. Because there's like... If we wanted there's to, There's a yeah. bunch... A f- uh, an entire series by Tex Avery, in fact. Yeah. Tex, Tex Avery just it, mm-hmm. Tex Avery is just fascinated by Little Red Riding Hood. I don't know. I don't why. know why. So my so my uh, my final uh, like, thoughts on on this one is um first of all this is like one of my family's favorite little two shorts. Oh, okay. They they love they love the Red Riding Hood uh, character, and yeah, like it, look uh, in comparison. Okay, it's really hard to, like, view each of these as, like, comparisons or whatnot, but in comparison to the other two we just watched, this one's the better one. Yes. This one's the, uh, it's funnier. The jokes hit. The writing's really strong. The production's really good. I personally feel when it comes to uh, Bugs Bunny Shorts, it's a bit underappreciated. It is. You know, uh, I think, you know, and a lot of people re- remember this one as fondly, and I think they should. Yeah. So, because of that, because I am using this platform to talk about an underappreciated short that I adore, I'm going to give a 5 out of 5 damage. Damn.
0: Alright. I had a few more structural issues than you did. Uh, I think that the annoyance of the red character sort of brought it slightly down for me as well as the sort of...
1: like, like, like Fair, fair. It,
0: it still goes by very zany, avery logic at times in terms of structure and in terms of obnoxious sort of characters. Um, a lot of the, the focal point of this cartoon isn't always Bugs. Bugs isn't as fully formed as he would be in other cartoons of this era. Yeah, he doesn't have that many lines either, no. really. This is a very generic Bugs performance. But it's still very funny. It impressed me on this watch. And it's still a good cartoon. It's just not one of my favorites. Uh, and it's not perfect. I mean, it's still good, and I we it it is underrated, and the people, more people deserve to talk about it. But I just don't love it as much as you did. Uh, I'm giving this a four out of five. All right, we did it. We did it. We we, do, we, we do. got through uh, this one. Uh, All right. Yeah, it was, it was a look, lot. Look, guys. Us. Look,
1: we're sorry if we sound tired and exhausted. This is just one that, like, I don't think either of us were like necessarily looking forward to. No.
0: But, we haven't felt this wind since
1: the Tweety one. No, you know No, we haven't. We haven't. Next week's looks uh, so much better. Oh it yeah, it does. Yeah, it looks so much better. So what we're gonna do next week? We're gonna go to space. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna kidnap Elon Musk, demand <gasps> that he put us in his rocket ship, and go to space, and then take his and talk money out space. And then take and his, take money, his mark. money. Yes. Importantly, take his money so we can upgrade our
0: sound equipment. I don't know. So, <laughs> give it to other poor people as well. Uh, that too. That's too. Yeah, some Robin Hood shit. Oh, we're not getting to that for
1: a little while. No, uh, no, 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 not yet. Not yet. All right. So what we're going to do next week? Duck Dodgers and the Twenty Fourth and a Half Century. Good. Rocket Squad, followed by duck dodgers and the return of the 24th and a half century
0: now that that's
1: a more recent one it is
0: it was the 70s or something
1: right i believe so yeah
0: and it was later that title always confused me because i'm like wait is duck dodgers returning or is the 24th and a half century returning like you know the title logic is gonna throw no sorry I'm, i'm rolling guys i'm sorry uh, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm heart. out of steam. Uh, <laughs> all
1: right, <laughs> so yeah, so and you know, and all, all three of those shorts are Chuck Jones shorts. Yes. We really like Chuck Jones shorts. We that's do. Gonna be, huh? That's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Woo! Oh my! <laughs> ah,
0: all
1: right, so that's the end of our show if you'd like to keep up with uh, both of us on Twitter, you can follow me at MarkHalem1995.
0: And you can follow me at Schmidt.
1: If you'd like to keep up with the podcast or give your thoughts for next week's episode, you can follow at that underscore loony or type in the podcast title. We are the first result. You can also
0: find this podcast wherever podcasts are readily available. That includes your Spotify podcasts, your Apple podcasts, your Google podcasts, your Player FM's, everywhere, anywhere you could possibly think of the podcasts are on, I think I'm not sure, Uh, we are there and we are ready for you, we are ready to believe you (laughs) Alright, so, until next week I'm Mark, and I'm Jordan, and I'm gonna go listen to some Jerry Garcia, because I am winded Uh, and I'm gonna uh, eat some cherry Garcia Woo!